here today. I was thinking this morning, I'm, I'm thankful for a number of things. I'm thankful f that we're living in the age of electricity so that we can do something like this. I'm thankful that uh, we have automobiles rather than horse and buggy because that would really be quite a sight if we all gathered with our buggies out here. <laughs> but it's just, it's great to be together. I wanted to share a couple verses of scripture with you this morning. They come from the 24th Psalm, and uh, if I am correct, I believe this is the 24th day of the month. So, listen to these words from the Psalm of David. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who will stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Or she who has clean hands and a pure heart. Or whoever has clean hands and a pure heart. Whoever does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He it is that will receive a blessing from the Lord. And righteousness from the God of his salvation. And I like this last verse here. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. We want to welcome you to the second go-around of our, we're calling this WTP, it's Worship in the Park, <laughs> and we're just glad that we can be together. My tendency is to want to walk amongst the cars and greet all of you, and that's partly who I am, but that's partly indicative of the fact that uh, I and you have chosen to align ourselves with a church body that values corporateness, that values fellowship. This is not the kind of fellowship that we want it to be, but this is a way of connecting together. And I'm just thankful that uh, we're part of the generation of those that seek him. If you uh, haven't found it already, there should be an email from the church, and it has the words to our uh, songs that we'll be singing. So if it's getting too loud for you to sing in your car, roll down your window. It's okay. Let some of that air out. Um, we just want to be able to praise the Lord together. I want to share just a couple of announcements. First of all, this is Memorial Day weekend, and we as a church want to say thank you for all those in our nation, but particularly for those that we're connected with who have served their country. Many of us have friends and relatives who not only served but gave their lives, and we want to recognize each of them in a particular way. I would encourage you also to remember to, if you aren't getting the information from the church, somehow call the church and leave a message. Every week we're finding out there are different people that their email isn't coming through for some reason. So make sure you call and give us your information. We really want to keep connected with you. There, we're trying today. We're hoping that... Uh, We've corrected a couple of the technical things from last week, so hopefully it's coming out both channels in your car. And uh, hopefully 
we'll be able to make an audio recording for those that aren't here to be able to distribute to them this week. So we're trying to make some progress. And I would ask that you pray for our church board. We're going to be meeting tonight at 6 o'clock. There are no easy answers for some of the questions that we'll face during this time. You know that our governor has said one thing and our president has said another thing and the CDC comes with its report and the Minnesota Department of Health comes with its report. We're waiting also for a report to come from the North Central District of the Evangelical Free Church of America to give us a little bit of guidance on whether or not we should open and when we open and how we open, what the protocol is. And I'm just asking you to pray for us. And I'm asking you to be very sensitive, too, to decisions that are made that you might not uh, feel affect you the way they affect someone else. So just pray for our church family that we do what is wise. We don't, we don't have to open. We can continue to meet this way for a period of time, if necessary, uh, even though the desire on many is to go ahead and open. So just recognize the different sides of the issues that are here. So uh, be in prayer for that, please. We're here to worship our Lord this morning. If you have the words there, um, we're going to sing a song, Blessed Be Your Name. In the times of plenty, in the times of bad, in the times of good, we still want to lift up the name of Christ. Will you sing with us? I guess they want me to keep talking. Um, and you might not believe this, but I don't know what to say, <laughs> except we're waiting for our background music to come on support us. Well, I guess we didn't have our meet and greet, did we? So this would be the time. Stick your hand out your uh, rooftop and wave, or your window, or wave your windshield wipers, whatever you want to do, this is your time to greet one another. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, when I walk 
through the wilderness. Blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me. When the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, Jesus. In the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away, you give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away. You give and take away, my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Oh, Lord, blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. 15, and so if you want to turn in uh, Bibles, if you have them with you, uh, one of the things that being up here and, and looking out over the crowd, it's fun to see smiling faces, and we see lots of those, and uh, your ability to worship in the circumstances is very admirable. It's fun to see that. Colossians 3, verses 5 through verse 15, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is adultery, and account on these things, the wrath of God is coming. 
In these things you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. And do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against one another, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Would you uh, bow in prayer with me this morning? Well, Lord, as we uh, look at this passage of scripture that we have just read, there's just a whole lot of things in there for us to consider this morning. Um, in the time that we are living and the decisions that we need to make and the uh, methods and the ways that we interact with one another in love. And as we pray through this scripture, Lord, one of the first things that we see is that we're to put to death certain things in our lives and in our hearts. Help us to to look at those things and ask ourselves those questions. Are we putting to death what we're supposed to in our lives, glorifying you in what we do? And then you ask us to put on certain things. And again, how important it is for us to look at ourselves introspectively and ask ourselves, are we putting on compassion in our hearts and kindness and humility, meekness and patience? Are we bearing with one another? Are we forgiving one another? And we're doing that because you forgave us. And then it ends up by saying, Father, that above all else, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And when we do that, the peace of Christ will rule in our hearts to which we were called. <coughs> and then it ends by saying, be thankful. Help us to be people who live with thankful hearts, thankful for what we have, not for what we don't have. And there are a lot of things that we don't have at this time. But may our hearts still be truly thankful to you for what you've given us, the ability to meet, the ability to worship, and to, the ability to, to love one another in ways that we haven't thought of in the, mm. in the past. And may it be a teaching time for us to learn and develop some new and different ways of, of expressing these things to one another uh, so that going forward we will have a greater appreciation for what it means to worship together, to love together, and to do ministry together. Just thank you for the time that we can spend uh, looking into your word now. Thank you for the uh, time that Don has spent preparing this, and I pray that our hearts would be fertile soil so that the seeds that are planted there would be uh, ones that will grow and bear fruit and that we would uh, use in our lives 
in this coming days and weeks and even months ahead. Thank you for your word, for the beauty of it and for the ability to use it um, in our lives on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. And we pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, Malacca Free Church. I know you're saying good morning to me in your vehicles. Well, I uh, have had an interesting past couple of days. Um, I spent almost all day yesterday doing something that I had not planned on doing. About 11 p.m. on Friday night after thinking about it and praying about it, uh, in light of the president's announcement and in light of what I felt like God was saying to me in my own heart, uh, I said, you know what, uh, I can't go ahead with the, uh, the message that I had prepared for today. Uh, and so I spent all day yesterday uh, pretty much writing something different. I want to spend some time talking with you this morning about the topic of unity in light of steps that we are likely to take here in the next couple of weeks as it relates to potentially meeting back together and, and what that might look like. Um, you know, last fall we addressed the topic of unity, and uh, that was in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 3. And, and I remember sharing with you the, the interesting part of that particular passage because it comes right after this exhortation, uh, or, or I'm sorry, theological dissertation that, that Paul has given on the topic of salvation. And right after he talks about salvation in chapter 4, he comes right out of that and says, therefore, you got to pursue some unity with one another. And that right there, the, the position of that particular passage in the book ought to be a clue to us as to how important it is. Since you're saved, you have to be united together. And in fact, in that passage, Paul uses some other uh, language as, as well. He, he says he begs them or he urges them and, and basically says you need to walk in a manner that's worthy of your profession of faith and <clears throat> then describes that worthy walk as one that's characterized by unity. I think there's a couple of reasons that unity is, is so critically important. Number one, a church without unity becomes very easy prey for the enemy due to weakness. Jesus addressed this in a different context in Matthew 12 as he was talking about uh, a different topic, and, and yet the, the principle applies where he says, a house that's divided against itself cannot stand. Secondly, I believe unity is important because it is a key feature of our testimony to the world around us. John 13, 35, as you know, says, By this all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. <clears throat> so with this in mind, if unity is so important to us, and if, quite frankly, we're going to be heading into a season where unity is challenged, and it will be, uh, I want you guys to know, and this will probably not come as a surprise to some of you, but there are a whole number of different opinions out there about us meeting together. On, on one side of the spectrum, people saying, we shouldn't even consider this for a long time. 
And on the other side of the perspective, people saying, we should have done this months ago. And we're all part of the same church family. With, with these types of uh, strong, heartfelt opinions out there, how are we going to go about promoting unity? And so, to answer that question, I want to direct your attention back to Colossians 3, which is where Lonnie was reading uh, a little while ago. And I'm just going to look at a few verses there. And I'm going to move kind of quickly through these. We're going to look at just verses 12 through 14 today. And, and our point number one in our outline, since we don't have PowerPoint, is this. If I'm going to promote unity, if I'm going to promote unity in the church, the first part of that is I have to understand my identity. And we find that in the first half of verse 12. I'm going to read that to you now. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to explain that in a minute. A few years ago, there was a news story that went viral about a young girl who was found living near a pack of monkeys in an Indian jungle. And while it wasn't clear how she got there or how long she'd been there, initial reports suggested the pack of monkeys were able to drive off police officers who tried to remove the girl from the forest. And once they'd removed her and taken her to a local hospital, she responded to people with facial expressions and gestures that are commonly associated with monkeys. In other words, she'd forgotten her true identity. Now, Lonnie read us verses 5 through 11 already, uh, and that really kind of deals with stuff that, that has to do with who we were before we were believers. And he starts out in verse 5, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. And that kind of theme runs all the way through verse 11. So what he's saying is, you got to peel off this stuff that's associated with the old life. That, that's your former identity. Now, the difficulty for us is, uh, we find ourselves frequently away from the church and away from our friends and out in the world. And in the world, we are kind of in the jungle, if you will, with, with people who very much uh, behave in a manner that's consistent with what we see in verses 5 through 11. And, and so we can almost forget who we are sometimes. And so with that as a background of the first part of, of verse 12 of, of Colossians, uh, Paul says, I want to remind you of your identity. And the first word that he uses here is, is chosen. And so, as those who have been chosen of God. Now, now for years, I, I look at, at this particular word in the New Testament, and I've been reminded of a story that, that I've shared uh, a number of times. It's, just, it's very moving, very impactful. Uh, it, it's about a girl who uh, was born uh, right after the Korean War and left in an orphanage in, in Korea, a uh, mixed race girl. And over the course of time as she was in this orphanage, uh, other kids were adopted and not her. And she'd gotten to the point where, where she was older. And, and she'd fallen into this role and, and she actually would go and help the other kids uh, when people were coming to, to look to adopt young children. She'd bathe them, she'd get them ready, but didn't pay much attention to herself. And she was shocked one day when a, a couple from America came and, and 
didn't look at the younger kids, looked at her and put their hand on her and said, I choose you. And she says, you know, there wasn't very much that was lovely about me at that time. She talks about the fact that her hair hadn't been washed in a while and she wasn't very clean. And, and above and beyond that, the, this couple looked at her and, and they chose her. And that's really what is being spoken of here in this passage. God doesn't choose us uh, because of anything really that, that's, that's good about us individually. If you want some background to that, uh, all you have to do is go to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. That gives the reason for the flood. And, and it says, every intention of the thoughts of man's heart was evil all the time. In Romans chapter 5, as Paul describes us before we became believers, he refers to us as, as enemies of God, as people that, that are hostile towards God. And so there wasn't anything in us that was worthy of, of being chosen. We, we, didn't, we didn't merit his choice. And yet he put his hand on us and adopted us into his own family and made us his own. We've been chosen of God. The, the second term that, that's used to describe believers here is this word holy. Now, right away, when, when we hear that word, we, we tend to think of, of a certain lifestyle, especially in, in contrast to what was going on in, in verses 5 and 11. And, and there is a little bit of that there, but that's not, not primarily what he means. When Paul uses the word holy in this context, he's referring to the fact that, that when God chooses us, he also sets us aside. Sets us aside and, and calls us his own and calls us his own for a, a very uh, interesting purpose. Because if you go through the rest of Scripture, what it means is that God has set us apart uh, specifically so that he can shower his grace, goodness, and mercy upon us, starting now and throughout eternity. A couple of passages back this up. Last week we were in the 103rd Psalm, and in verse 4, there's a reference there. It says that God crowns the psalmist, God crowns all of us with his uh, loving kindness and his compassion. And we said that that word crown literally means surrounds us. We're completely surrounded by the goodness of God. One of my favorite passages in the Bible, and it's a very well-known passage, is, is the 23rd Psalm. But I love how it ends in verse 6. A lot of times we pay attention to the, the shepherd and sheep metaphor in, in the first four verses. But I love what it says in verse 6. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So David's kind of summarizing his existence, and he's saying, here's what it looks like now in this world, and then that continues into eternity. And that word follow, surely goodness and mercy will follow, actually almost has a predatory context attached to it, or meaning attached to it. And it has the idea of stock. God's goodness, God's mercy... God's love, when we come into a relationship with him, stalks us for the rest of our lives. Man, fantastic stuff. And so kind of the summary of this, we get to back to verse 12, is this. And so as those who have been chosen again of God, not because of our merit, 
holy, again, set aside for his blessing, and beloved is the last word. A perfect tense verb in, in the Greek, past action, continuing result. That means if you're really in a relationship with God, your status as, as beloved by him can never, ever, ever change. God loves you deeply and perfectly now, and that love for you will not falter, change, or end either now or throughout the future into eternity. And Paul's writing out of the richness of his knowledge and his own experience, and he wants his readers to stop and ponder this stuff and say, Wow! That's who I am. I'm chosen by God, not because of, of who I am, but because of, of his mercy. I'm set apart for him for, so that he can bless me. I can be an object of his blessing throughout eternity. And, and I am beloved by him. And there's personally, specifically, and there's nothing that can ever change that throughout history. So what does that have to do then with unity? And this is where this gets really interesting as we look at uh, the rest of verse 12 going down to, to verse 14 I, I came across a, a story yesterday as I was preparing for this of uh, a man who had uh, experienced a stroke in Brazil and uh, after that he was changed and one of the ways that, that he was changed is he literally could not stop giving things away. He would give away money to complete strangers, gifts of food, gifts of candy to kids, constantly. It was compulsive. They did studies on him. They said his brain has changed. Essentially, he said, yeah, there, there's more than that. Uh, he said, you know, I came close to dying in the stroke and I've been gifted with a second chance and that makes me want to reach out to other people and touch them and bless them. And the point is this. God has given to us generously. And when you and I receive that, that generosity, our reaction then should be to turn around and express that generosity to other people. And so, as we think about specifically this, this issue of unity, as we saw that, that verse 1, or the first part, is, uh, has to do with our identity, our identity will drive us to consistently live in a manner that, that lines up with our identity. So, because these things are true, God tells us to put off I'm sorry, put on. I was thinking to put off because that's what you see in verses 5 through 11. Take this stuff off and then put this other stuff on. Put on a heart of compassion. Present tense verb, it means this is a lifestyle. Always be looking at putting these things on. And, and I really want you to think about this in terms of, of the opinions that we have. It's great to have opinions. It's, it's fine to have strong opinions. The question becomes, can you and I hold the opinions that we have in a manner that is going to promote unity and bless other people, even when people disagree? Compassion. The, the, the basic idea is the ability and walk 
to walk in someone else's shoes and, and, and feel their pain. You know, I, I love where this Greek word comes from um, because we, we talk about the center of emotion as the heart. Greeks uh, looked at it as the bowels. Um, so I don't know, maybe if, if you were a, a Greek in the New Testament, you would say, I love you with all my intestines. That kind of changes romance a little bit, right? At least from our perspective. But there's part of this that really makes sense. Because we talk about having butterflies where if we're nervous? In our stomachs, right? And, and so there's this, this issue of when you hear something about someone else, and, and, and it's, it's difficult news, you kind of wince for them internally, and you care. As it relates to having opinions, yeah, we're going to run into people with, with different opinions. Can we show compassion with people who differ from us? If for no other reason than, than maybe we can assume they've got a different set of life experiences, they're at a different stage of life than we are, they have different concerns than we do. That's what compassion is all about. Put on a heart of compassion. Kindness is the next term. Kindness is the active component of compassion. So compassion is, is sort of the, the, the emotional reaction of feeling, you know, I feel where you're at. I, I feel the, the difficulty there. And kindness then asks, what can I do practically to come alongside you? What can I do to support you? Maybe in, in the context that we're looking at, what words can I use that are going to come out of my mouth that, that are going to support other people? That's right out of Ephesians 4.29. What words can I use as an act of kindness that are going to build someone up, even if they may have a, a, a slightly different opinion or, or take on things than I do? Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, and humility. Humility is one of those terms that, that I was really kind of hoping we could spend some time talking about th this morning. There's there so many definitions of it. Uh, you, you can find a great one in Philippians chapter 2 uh, ver verses 1 through 8. Basically it, it means putting others first or ahead of yourself. Now the reason I think this is so important, well, well number one it's, it's the base quality that, that's going to help you grow. It's the base quality that, that brings you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't get into a relationship with God and with Jesus Christ unless we admit that we have sinned, that, that we're sinners, right? And that requires some self-examination, that, that requires some humility. And then going forward, we always have to be uh, confessing our sin, and, and, and that requires humility. And not just to God, but to others as we offend them, and, and that requires humility. And, and humility is a divine quality, and it's one that, that God uh, looks for in, in His children. It's absolutely critical to ma maintaining unity. We can think about pride as the acid that breaks unity down. If pride is the acid that breaks unity down, humility is the mortar that, that builds it into place. And in our specific context here, in, in coming days and weeks, when, whenever this reopening does happen, it's not going to look the way it did a few months back. And there's going to be some moments of, of discomfort. 
Uh, you may come into a building, and, and we don't know this, by the way. The overseers are going to meet tonight at 6 p.m., and we're going to start working through things like this. You, you may come into a building where we have some assigned seating. And social distancing compels us, out of love for you and wanting to keep you safe, to, to sit in some different locations. We may need to do some different things with our worship service. We may need to do some different things with singing. We may need to do some things differently as it relates to some of us and maybe a number of us wearing masks. And this stuff's not comfortable. It's not the stuff that we're used to. So why should we do it out of humility? Because we are very concerned about the needs, thoughts, opinions, and belief of others. And so we want to do uh, the things that we do in a responsible manner and in a manner that, that cares for other people to the best degree that we possibly can. And again, the, things are not going to be as they were, at least for a while. We're going to have to be flexible. Nobody likes change. Uh, I've learned, especially in church, and I think the reason for that may be that, that we have to endure so much change outside of church that you want to come to church and it's like, oh, that's maybe the one place I can come and I don't have to worry about this. Nobody likes change. But unfortunately, we're going to have to endure some change to make this work. Going to have to. Not even sure what that looks like yet. But in order to accept that change, we're going to have to have hearts that are humble. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. Gentleness, also translated as meekness. Having the power to strike back when hurt or offended, but the ability to exercise wisdom and restraint. And every time I see this word, I'm reminded of nature shows on TV where you have, for example, the lioness, the mother lion, uh, laying in the sun, with her cubs gnawing on her tail with their razor-sharp, needly little teeth and her not even moving an inch or batting an eyelid in the midst of that mistreatment. Having the power to strike back when hurt, but exercising great wisdom and restraint. Patience as well. It's very close uh, idea to gentleness. It means making sure uh, that uh, you don't blow your stack on, on another person, that, that you don't get angry. It means willing to uh, put up with an awful lot. Sometimes as it relates to some of the things that we're talking about, maybe silence is a good option. That would be a great exercise of patience. gentleness and patience bearing with one another again another idea similar to patience and gentleness but it means that uh, not all frustrations and irritations rise to the level of causing us to need to respond Proverbs 12 6 talks about this it says a wise man can overlook an insult. This is part of what I take couples through in premarital counseling as I'm trying to get them ready to be married. And I say, you are going to irritate each other over the course of time with some stuff. 
stuff like people not putting the cap on toothpaste or rolling up the toothpaste roll in a different way than you're used to in a way that that's, that's not efficient, that does not get maximum use out of the toothpaste that has been purchased, little stuff. Not every offense rises to the need of a level of discussion or response. That's what it means to bear with one another. And forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you forgive. God chose to exercise mercy and grace as it relates to us. The, the, the call is for us to show other people mercy and grace, and which is very much in line with this theme that we've been looking at, that the generosity that God shows to us should translate into generosity that we show to one another. And certainly one of those ways is forgiveness. We need to be people that aren't stingy. We need to be people that aren't tightwads with one another, especially as it relates to the topic of forgiveness. And then he summarizes this, and beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And, and of course, the, the word that he uses here for love is unconditional love. The love that God has shown us. The love that, that we show to, to one another. That's what this is all about. It's, it's fantastic that, that God has called us into a body. It's fantastic he's called us into a relationship with him. One of the things that I know Kim and I have tremendously appreciated about you as a church family is that you are very loving and you are very kind and you are very patient. So I'm hoping as you hear me say these things, you aren't hearing criticisms as much as you're hearing exhortation. I think you're already really strong in these areas. We're about to head into a season that's going to test your strength. I, I believe firmly that, that you guys are going to excel even more in these areas. And I'm so glad to have the privilege to be here among you, and, and not just in general, but even in this specific season, uh, to, to see how you're going to excel and to see what God is going to do in you and through you in this unprecedented time and season in which we find ourselves. Well, we have a big idea for this Sunday, and we have reached that part in our service. The, the big idea is simply this. God's generosity to me compels me to promote unity. God's generosity to me, the, the things that, that are true of me and my identity because of how God has been generous to me compel me to promote unity. Let's go ahead and, and pray together for a moment as we consider these things. God, again, as, as I pause, I just want to thank you for uh, the, the free church here in, in Malacca. Lord, I, I thank you for each and every one that you brought into this church. I thank you for the, the gifts, talents, and abilities that, that are here. Father, I, I thank you for the, the knowledge of your word. I thank you for the wisdom. God, I thank you for the love that's here. I thank you for all the character qualities that we've gone through this morning and the fact that we see these things. And Lord, again, as we enter into this season, 
And, and if some of uh, these things are going to like put a, a bit more of a strain and stress on our hearts, Father, I ask that, that we would just lean into our identity even more. And Father, that uh, uh, our, our love for you and for one another would be even more evident to each other in this body. And uh, our, our love for you would be more evident as well. And uh, Lord, I ask that, that you would turn this season of difficulty into a great season of blessing. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sing, then the pastor will come and uh, dismiss us with a blessing. We're going to ask you to do one thing as you leave today. After the pastor dismisses us, we're going to ask that the back row of cars, you know who you are, would exit to the north. Even if you're close to the south exit, even if you're going to be heading south, please just exit to the north. The second row, go ahead and exit to the south. And that'll only take a couple minutes. If you want to stay around for some reason, just stay where you are. And then the rest of the cars can follow wherever they need. Pardon me? Oh. So I don't know if you all heard that, but back row, please, when the pastor's done, leave towards the north. Center row, leave towards the south. We're going to sing a song together with you that just kind of puts it all together what pastor was talking about about how we live as followers of Christ in the darkness we were waiting without hope without lights till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. To reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost. To redeem the whole creation, you did not despise the cross. For even in your suffering, you saw to the other side. Knowing this was our salvation, Jesus for our sake you died. Praise the Son, praise the Spirit, free in one. God.
in the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath, till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. And the church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of all shall not kneel, shall not faint. By His blood and in His name, in His freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. Now may the God who called you by His grace cause you to experience His grace in the fullest measure and comprehend the, the depths and widths of His grace and express that generously to other people. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks for coming out with us today.